0: For Box Office Magazine, Amy Nicholson calls this film just another cycle of bombast and boredom. Nathan Rabin of the AV Club says it's never close to good and it can't even get bad right. And David Hiltbrand of the Philadelphia Inquirer says Bangkok Ridiculous is more like it. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> sequel.
1: Re-re-reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters.
0: Look out, Dan, there's an assassin And he's coming to get you. You're in Prague. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, I bet I'm his last job
0: before he (laughs) retires. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods. It's Ruined Childhoods time. Dan, we had a lot of fun in the last one. Had a
1: blast. Want to thank Ray DeJohn for coming, uh, for being with us and joining us to talk about... Um, all of the magic and wonder that is back to the beach.
0: I feel like I gotta have one more chance to stand up for my boy Damien Slade, uh, who played Bobby.
1: Well, and you know, John, not not for nothing, you you are not alone because uh in his rave review of the movie, Roger Ebert yeah. really uh gives Damien Slade a lot of I know. Uh, a lot of credit. I
0: know. I felt like, you know. Ray, I love you, but you were being a little hard on the guy. He was, he uh, he makes me happy. He was
1: not there to provide a, a method performance.
0: No, nor was he supposed he, to be taken seriously.
1: No, he was there to flick his little switchblade comb. <laughs> and, and it
0: was wonderful.
1: yeah. And he played really nicely off of uh, off of Frankie and Annette. Yeah, and, yeah. It was just a it was a lot of fun to watch that movie and revisit it and and talk about it. Yeah. Um. So bef- before before we talk about our uh, <laughs> our soup du jour, uh, Bangkok du jour. Dan- Dangerous, the movie that makes that that actually does make Back to the Beach seem like it is high art. Uh, um. <laughs> uh I, I did uh, and by the way to those who who might be new checking us out for the first time welcome um uh what we do here if somebody is, we- is
0: checking out this podcast for the first time on this episode, it means that they are seeking out a podcast that's talking about Bangkok dangerous well
1: and <laughs> and to that I say welcome. Welcome. Yes, of course. You're, you're, you're our people. Um, so what we do on this podcast is we, we kind of talk a little bit about the movie, uh, about the plot, the characters, performances and behind the scenes information. And then really the, uh, the main course, if you will, is, uh, is where John here and I discuss what we think could be done with this property if if it had to be done because everything's getting a spin-off or like sequel twenty years later or something. And so and they're, they're sometimes they're great uh and sometimes they're not. So we we kind of theorize, we uh we imagine what what we would do, what we would prefer to be done. And some of these are are you know films and franchises and characters and series that are beloved to us, uh, some that are beloved to like society in general. Classics like Rebel Without a Cause, uh, yeah. we did a couple of episodes ago. Classics that yeah. are just classics to us, like Back to the Beach,
0: right? And in certain, so I like to say cl- like classics and cult classics, and some of them, of course, are just classics to us. In the case of bangkok dangerous i feel like this movie is kind of notorious uh it's not necessarily a classic or a cult classic but you it i felt like it just kind of came up in the zeitgeist of crazy nicholas cage movies so it seemed like it'd be fun to talk about in this context yes
1: Yes and but and that we shall but but actually I I have a one more thing something I want to add to our our body switch episode. Oh. Uh yeah. So going we, back a few episodes. We, we had talked about some possible ideas for body swaps and I had talked about the possibility of a uh, teacher student body swap and um I discovered as I was sorting through our all childhood belongings uh, at our parents' house. So I discovered a book and I, I forgot about it when we recorded, but uh, our, our mother, John and I are brothers oh, yeah. uh, and our, our, our mother sent uh, all these, these things that I found that I was like, don't, don't throw this away. I could use this. Uh, and what I forgot about was uh, that this, this, Novel, if you will, by Todd Strasser. Help, I'm trapped in my teacher's body. Oh, gotcha. And I don't know, this was not mine as a child. I don't know
0: who's, you know, it it could have been mine or our brother Scott's. You know, I, it's probably, I think it was Scott's. I'm, possibly or both of ours but here's the thing is that yeah. you know it's definitely in the vein of like the bruce coville like my teacher is an alien my mother's an alien like those oh, types of definitely. things so definitely. Uh, those were just hot well, at the time well,
1: I'll post a picture on our Instagram at Ruined Childhoods Pod, and uh, and and you'll see. But this is uh, it's quite something, and I actually don't know if, um, if if either of you, if anyone, ever read it because this spine is like uncracked.
0: Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm more of a movie guy <laughs> than a book guy. <laughs> I like reading, uh, but certainly uh, when I was a kid, I would, you know, not. My I definitely favorite feel thing.
1: though. I, I de- but I'm just shocked because in a household where vice versa was, uh, you know, held on a pedestal to have this book help. I'm trapped in my teacher's body. I just I'm adding that to my reading list. But Does anyway, it
0: describe a scene in which the teacher. Who's now wait, is the, the kid in the teacher's body and then is the teacher in the kid's body? I'll, I'll read I'll read the the Oh cool thanks the, Dan. back here. So
1: uh, Jake Sherman used to be your average, ordinary twelve year old until he became a completely different person. Tall, skinny, balding, nerdy. Uh oh. Oh no. Jake's turned into his weirdo teacher, Mr. Dirksen. It's bad enough that Jake's an adult now, but a teacher? The geekiest, most made-fun-of teacher in the whole school? Jake's sister Jessica is the only person who will believe him, and even she's a little suspicious. Jake and Jessica better find a way to get things back to normal fast, Not only because Jake's going crazy, but also because dorky Mr. Dirksen is running around in Jake's body. Ah, The nightmare
0: is only beginning. So what I want to know is if Mr. Dirksen in Jake's body is described as giving a very knuckly middle finger. That's what I want to know. Because in that case, it's true. I missed out. It would have been a lot more like vice versa. Than, not, uh, I would have preferred.
1: I, not in this scholastic publication. Not
0: that, no, not that one. All right. I, I doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. But anyway,
1: so there's my one more thing from Gotcha. Our, from the, from another entry into the body swap genre.
0: Of course. That's wonderful. Uh, okay. So, uh, Bangkok Dangerous. Uh, this was, you know, as a lot of people know, there are two different types of. Nicolas Cage movies. There's are gonna say the, two
1: different types of Bangkok Dangerous.
0: <laughs> well, there are two different kinds of Bangkok Dangerous, but there's a there there are Nicolas Cage movies and there are Nick Cage movies. And the Nick Cage movies are the ones that are lower budget. The ones where he's really just trying to dig himself out of his like tax hole or whatever. And, and pay uh, for all
1: that weird shit he's bought over the years. Yes,
0: exactly. So, you know, you certainly have your Nicolas Cage movies. You have Moonstruck, you have Adaptation, uh Leaving Las ass. Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. You know, you have your high quality. And uh, you know, I would even consider movies like Face Off and Con Air and The Rock to be Nicolas Cage, because that was still in that era where he was well, just pumping out the hits. So so Snake I guess eyes.
1: my my question is do do the Nicholas Cage movies fall under the like, you know, big wide release blockbusters? Not necessarily, the Nic-
0: because then there's like Mandy, which is an an independent that's, you know, uh kind of just like a a cult movie essentially. And, right. and that one's Nicholas. So uh, I don't know. I think it's when they have at least the slightest tread of clout, they are So Mandy
1: uh, Mandy falls under the Nicholas? I think so. Okay. Interesting. I, I, I'd kind of placed it in the Nick Cage column. Oh, okay. Although I feel like it does have a little more, there's a little more gravitas
0: to it than that. I mean, it's a little bit more. Have you seen it? Uh, I have seen clips from it. I am. I have not had the opportunity to watch it in full yet.
1: I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. It's definitely like uh, there's, I mean, I don't know. I don't have much to compare it to in like the Nick Cage. I will fess up to not having seen uh a whole lot of quote unquote Nick Cage the movies. The Ghost Rider
0: movies. Um, oh, okay. I saw I saw I'd like say, part of yeah Go,
1: the Ghost Rider movies. So wait, hold I would on. Say even we're...
0: the National Treasure movies.
1: So, okay, so two types of movies. I'm sorry, I'm looking at a list of... I just Googled weird shit Nick, Nick Cage has bought, and I oh. found a thrill list. A oh, list yeah, of 12 like dinosaur things.
0: bones and castles. Two albino
1: king cobras. A oh Gulfstream jet doesn't seem that odd here, but Pygmy Shrunken Heads uh, does. A Pyramid Tombstone. Yep, a 67-million-year-old Tarbosaurus skull. He outbid Leonardo DiCaprio for it. My God, he's got an uh, he had an ad or had or has an octopus shark crocodile private island. That's all right, fine. Um, a haunted murder mansion. Oh That's pretty cool. And the Shah of Iran's Lamborghini. Okay, like it was, He bought it in 1997. It had belonged to the 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 for, the Shah of Iran who
0: was for right.
1: the revolution anyway so yes so so yes N- Nick Cage Nicholas Cage um he's an interesting dude but his new one
0: Pig Nicholas Cage
1: I mean yeah that's that's what it what it seems but I'm sure he's got another new one that's a Nick Cage he's probably got oh, like yeah. three Nick Cages also like that are quote unquote new like I'll I'm go sure. on Netflix and be like nick cage jamie king yeah in bruce willis like sodden ground
0: yeah <laughs> so uh yeah this is a remake of a 2000 film uh that is the same directors but this is just the uh freshened up uh english language for the most part version uh, the original, there are some uh, slight differences that kind of take different shape in this one. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the original anywhere to stream. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have definitely checked it out because I'm sure it would have been. I don't know, maybe a better, better. A better movie. But it seems like Nicolas Cage definitely had a hand in bringing this uh, 2008 version to life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He produced it. Yeah, but he's kind of like when you when. You, I feel like when you watch a Nick Cage movie, you're watching it because you want to see just the the unleashed. And this is where I feel like Mandy actually fall, like kind of straddles that category, is because he is like unleashed Ooh, oh, in Mandy. And yeah, you know, there are certainly some. So.
0: There are certainly some that straddle the category. You know that that have a foot in both sides.
1: But like you want to see him have those 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 moments, those I I'm I i will not even try to impersonate uh the there are some great can I tell you which Nick Cage impersonation always comes to mind as one that I remember and it's so random and it's such a minor thing, but so do you remember the Aaron Sorkin series Studio Sixty on the Sunset? Strip. I sure do. So this was, of course, behind the scenes, the wheelings, dealings, walkings, and talkings behind the scenes of a sketch comedy program. And yeah, um, like some of the more like supporting characters on the show were like the cast members and Nate Cordry. Nate Cordry was on that show. Nate Cordry had um had a little bit of a more more featured role than the person who. I'm yeah. gonna, yeah. I really like. I liked the series. I figure who else was like Amanda Peet, um, uh, Josh, oh, I said Josh Lyman, Bradley, Bradley Whitford, Whitford, um, Matthew Perry. Uh, Matthew Perry was in it. I think Stephen Weber probably popped a lot of the sorkin. Stephen regulars. Weber,
0: I believe, did uh, come in there at some point.
1: So, a guy who was in that movie is Simon Helberg. You would know him. One might know him from Two and a Half Men others might know him from Florence Foster Jenkins with Meryl <laughs> Street. He was nominated for Golden Globe for that and he's oh. currently appearing in in the controversial art house sensation Annette with Adam oh. Driver and Marion Cotillard. Um so Simon Helberg played one of the like cast members on the sketch show and he did a Nicolas Cage he did like I I think like the sketch was the Nicolas Cage talk show
0: ah okay
1: and it was just like in one episode it wasn't it was like just something they were like all right well we have to show part of the show that we are making this show about so oh
0: he's on the big bang theory oh big Bang. did i say two and a half men you did say two and a half men
1: i am they i apologize i do not i mean no offense to fans of either show um, I am, I am a fan of neither. So, uh, anyway, yes. Big Bang Theory. Sorry. He yeah. is, yes. Um, he fills one of these stereotypes in that, in that cast there. So, but Simon Helberg, great Nicolas Cage impersonation. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And we're back. I'm Nicolas Cage, your couple's counselor. And I'm here with Mendy and Jack. Jack, before the commercial, we were talking about I I was just saying that I feel that Mindy could be a little closer to my stepbrother Phil don't worry if I'm right about Mindy she'll get a lot closer to your
1: stepbrother Phil you'll come home and find your stepbrother Phil in the shower wearing your favorite felt hat I'm not perfect either heroin? no well what is it then? Sometimes I leave used floss lying on the bathroom counter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal. Jack, let me draw you a straight line between her floss on the edge of the sink and her used bloody syringes all over hand-stitched Australasian yoga mats. <laughs> uh, I don't do yoga. When you look at a, when you're watching for Nick Cage, what you're waiting for is is the freakouts and the physicality and like even the, like stuff like in Gone Gone in sixty seconds, right. When he, you know, like he, when he does what only he can do, yeah, he's like, like, like a Christopher Walken. You, no one else is going to give you what Christopher that Walken gives you, yeah. And um, with, and I would, I wish I could say that that was the case for the Nick Cage that we get in Bangkok Dangerous, but. He feels so sedate and asleep, and it's uh, not like well, he's like acting. I, th- I think
0: he's. I think he's going for something. I think he's going for stoic and very much like guarded. But why don't we do a little synopsis and then we'll do a synopsis we'll talk and then we'll get We'll come back to guarded. So I yes. was writing this synopsis without looking at any uh, material about it. So I, uh, I believe his character's name is Joe. And I know that the um the villain in this has a name, but I couldn't remember it. So I am just referring to them as the client, because uh, you know, they are his client. Surat. Surat, that's what it is. Yeah. So and I also couldn't remember the uh, the leading lady's name, but...
1: I'm on Wikipedia right now, so... Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I do not So, I'm just gonna... You're just gonna hear me talk about him as the protagonist. So... A seasoned hitman with a strict code of conduct travels to Bangkok for a four-hit deal. What our protagonist doesn't expect is that he's about to break two of his own rules. Part of his routine is to find an expendable assistant to help liaise between himself and his client, couriering for the details of the next hit he ends up taking in his new assistant kong and trains him in close combat martial arts and then after he sustains a significant cut on his upper arm he meets a deaf mute pharmacist for whom he is smitten he attempts to form a relationship with her but f's it up when he kills two pickpockets while on a date with her and then his client assigns him to kill thailand's prime minister who is very beloved and has done great things for his less fortunate constituents, according to Kong. As he's supposed to pull the trigger during a JFK-style convertible motorcade, he has a crisis of conscience and misses his opportunity to make the kill, and by this point, he is seen by security, which results in a full-on chase through Bangkok. Unhappy with the failed task, the client wants to find our protagonist to kill him. He knows that the only way to do so is to capture and torture Kong, which is easy, since Kong is dating one of the dancers at the client's nightclub. They begin their hunt for the hitman, which results in some major shootouts until our protagonist is one-on-one with the client. Spoiler alert! But he knows that the only right thing to do is eliminate them both with one final bullet. So, Dan, I don't know. What what else do we need to, to let our audience know about this movie? I I don't know. It, it's definitely like... Had had John Wick happened before this, this movie just straight up wouldn't have happened at all.
1: Oh, no. There would be no need.
0: Because I think that what Nicolas Cage was hoping to go for was a John Wick-style character, but just didn't pull it off. And no, I, I don't want to, like... You know, knock on Nicolas Cage's Mm -hmm. acting abilities because we know that he has them.
1: Oh, it's not, and it's not just him. It, it really isn't just him. Like the, the failure of the
0: stylized movie, uh, very like overexposed film. And, you know, it's, it's very 2008. It's very
1: 2008. But, and I felt like, like I, I just imagined the, the filmmakers. I don't, um, you know, year, decades ago watching like their VHS copies of like, uh, hard boiled and yeah. uh, like, you know, the, the John Wu like the classic John Wu movies yeah. and, and it felt like this was, this was like, you know, thank God they, they didn't really do the slow motion that John Woo.
0: Right. Yeah. Love so much. But there it were just, a couple of shots where I feel like they slowed it down a little bit and it didn't really work. Yeah, it
1: was that it was that kind of like style like I feel like there's just like a like a programmed button now and things to like do that effect. It's like something's happening really fast and then it's going to slow yeah. down and speed up again. Yeah. And yeah, um there is an alternate ending that I'm reading about here oh, is on, there? on Wikipedia. Um so uh, Kong steals a uh steals a police car and comes to rescue joe um joe kills surat and um gets into the police car and then they uh it says they hide in a neighborhood a few meters away from surat's headquarters as locals come out to investigate the commotion kong reveals joe is the man who killed surat they help him recuperate while one local remarks surat's bad reputation and so there it's like Ding Dong the Witch is dead, and they, you know, they give Nicolas Cage the Ruby Slippers. Actually, yeah. Kong then takes Joe to a boatman and gives him his passport so that he may flee a country. So literally mm. tells, you know, here's the Ruby Slippers. There's no place like home. Uh Joe thanks Kong for his assistance and gives him a bank account number with a bonus stating he was a good student. Yeah. And then and then Joe Joe takes off. So I don't know if they were like, "Well, let's let's keep our options open in case there's yeah, going to be a sequel."
0: Or... I don't know. It's it's interesting.
1: I don't like it as much. I actually, I, for everything that I don't like about the movie, I do like that it ended with him taking himself out. And I will elaborate.
0: Okay, go on.
1: Because he does come in as this strict like you know i live by a code right and, um but he seems to do everything that somebody who lives by th- like that type of code shouldn't do yeah he like and it doesn't take it's not like it, it, it's it's like when kong is like uh, I want to be your I want to be your student. And it's like they've only they've only just like done one thing together. And then and then he's like, there's your first lesson. Uh, yeah. Like, he doesn't have to try. Like, we don't have to see Kong, like, continue trying and, and him struggling with the like, hey, like, I'm usually going to kill this person at the end of this. And then not to mention, he starts up a relationship.
0: Right yeah With like I an mean eighteen year I, old uh, yeah, the age difference is noticeable, so the thing is like, had there only been one of those two things, I think it would have been a lot better because you could have really developed it a lot more i uh, I think I would have preferred the like teacher student aspect to it more than the you know the the female interest, which is you know I think it was their way of incorporating the element from the original which is that the hitman in the original is deaf and mute. And uh, Nicolas Cage was just like, well, I have to say a few things, so <laughs> let's just give that to somebody else. <laughs> but, uh, and you know, it's cer- certainly an interesting thing, but it's like in a different movie, it would have been done a lot better. and Or like maybe if it was treated appropriately, but they just couldn't in this. No, and, and it wasn't necessarily... L- I, I
1: think that what it did provide is when she realizes when she when she sees him for who he truly is after like right. he gets it and I, I mean that was a that was an I would say if there's any sequence that I would say represents the best that this film has to offer, it's kind of that sequence, yeah where she's she's facing away and I don't know had they just kissed
0: or something uh, she's like she she handed them the note that says that she enjoys spending oh, time with him or something
1: yeah and like she's really happy and she's smiling and you know she can't hear that behind her there yeah. is just like blood being shed in every direction until it like it hits her right although here's another okay as i'm talking about it and i'm thinking about it this the the voice in my head is saying wouldn't she have felt? I mean, like there's all this action going on, not that far Smelled behind. Smelled things. Wouldn't she have sensed that? Like wouldn't especially because when you when you don't have uh, the use of one sense, the others do. It's you know you're more sensitive I, to that. I know, I know. It's it's nitpicking, yeah. and 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 it's but but it's it's also like it is a really kind of interesting sequence and but after that they're done
0: yeah well it well he attempts to uh try to reconcile uh or i don't know it, there's a lot of things where it's like oh something's gonna happen and then nothing happens so there's just a it's lot like of missed opportunities like
1: half-assed the storyline
0: yeah and you know it would have been more interesting uh, to develop the Kong storyline more. Kong, I mean, that was a, a really great character. And uh, Shakrit Yam, Yamnarm. Uh, Yamnarm? Shakrit Yamnarm. Uh, he was fantastic. I thought he was great. Well, and and uh, that's where...
1: Sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, in his love interest, whose name I'm blanking on... Aeon... Um, Aon. So that's Ponward Emani. Uh, But she was, she was great. I mean, I thought that they had a really cool thing going on. I like the way that we meet Kong. He's trying to rip off some American tourists. And, you know, that's the kind of person that our protagonist or Joe, or whatever, is looking for. You know, somebody who is sneaky and wily and has no regard for the law. What do you have in your mind? You got that thinking face on.
1: I yes, it's happening. um, you could smell the burning uh well, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking I'm like, well, this movie really should have been focused on kong because it would have resolved a lot of issues if kong had been your central character first of all it would have given the need for him to need to really convince joe to take him under his wing like we would have need needed to see it like like in kill bill where where uh where the bride uh has to like like camp out at the steps of the thing and like the guy yeah. won't let her come up uh for like for weeks we don't, like, we need, you know, in what we got, he just, he'd like, you know, the kid's like, I want to, I want to be your student. Okay. Okay. I probably shouldn't be doing this, but fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I... with the focus on Kong, then you would need, it would make more, it would make a lot more sense just from a writing perspective that you would have him, uh, that you would need to see him st- struggle and work to earn and to turn Joe, um, you know, in his favor. Also, then you would, you would get the romantic aspect of, you know, that, that we're kind of looking for without needing to have the, the character Fawn, the, uh the pharmacist, Nicholas Cage's yeah, interest.
0: So, I I mean, I look, I wouldn't even say that we're jumping ahead because, where this is an all-over-the-place movie, it's an all-over-the-place episode, but my idea for bringing this back would be a sequel that focuses on Kong's character. And maybe it's one of those sequels that, like, you know, you don't need to have seen the original to understand things. Like, you know, it really is Kong's story. Maybe there are references to his past or, like, his, you know, his first teacher or something like that. And, you know, it's like he's you know, whatever, 13 years or whatever has gone by. He's learned from the mistakes of, you know, his predecessors, and he has developed his own set of rules that he lives by, and he's good at it. And, you know, I, I think that that's just kind of all I really want to get out there is just, like, have a Kong movie, because he's a he's a great actor. Um, th- I mean, Bangkok Dangerous is the only and I'm saying this kind of in quotes, but American movie <laughs> or one of the few that he's done. Um, I think that all of his other uh, work is just based in Thailand and yeah. he's a writer and or he's a actor and director and a whole bunch of other things. So it's like, you know, it, and maybe this isn't an American release. Maybe it just is for Thailand, but he's a very charismatic actor and the character is—I uh, don't know—has more dimensions than uh, than Nicolas Cage's character. So yeah, I want a Kong movie.
1: Yeah, and it's, that's that's pretty much where I was where I was left, other than you know. Yeah, you could go the prequel route, but I feel like you could take whatever whatever storyline you would use in the prequel, you could just apply that to this. Like how about Bangkok Dangerous is the prequel? And then how is I I was like just being silly. I was like what if each other film is, you know, Kong has to go to a different city and it's, uh, you know, Chicago Dangerous. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, no, um, El Paso Dangerous. Right,
0: yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that there's opportunities to just, like, have a uh, kind of Fast and the Furious presents-style attitude towards things and really just have it be this, you know... Uh, and And I think that John Wick was kind of doing this in its own way, but, like, this kind of hitman world. And... Uh, Maybe it it just kind of follows the thread going from Kong to other assassins and things like that well
1: also like like you said, it's been thirteen years, so you've
0: got ooh all hitman of these... bar mitzvah, <laughs> wait what hitman bar mitzvah, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> after a hitman's been a hitman for thirteen years, they have a hitman bar mitzvah. <laughs> they go from hit boy to hitman, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, Are we done? That, Is the that's really taking over? <laughs> it bar,
1: bar mitzvah dangerous? Uh, yeah. That's really taking it into a different direction than I expected. No, so I I I agree. I don't really think there's. I mean, it's kind of like it. It really kind of comes across as like just one of these genre movies that you can swap out. Um, you know, I I couldn't tell you any of the other titles off the top of my head, but I'm sure you could just go and find a movie and, sw- and get like the same value from it there's really yeah. there's n- i don't think there's anything that Nicolas cage or nick cage brings to this like i don't yeah. think there's anything he brings to it that where that makes it his
0: right yeah uh, i mean Nicolas cage gets you into the door it, it, it introduces you to this movie but other otherwise it's like no it's it's weird
1: I mean, interestingly, and I like, by the way, I like the idea of just having like a Thai based franchise because I also don't think that that everything necessarily needs to be, you know, like uh, Americanized. And I mean, clearly, like neither of us saw the original Bangkok Dangerous, but we both assumed that it's better than this. So, like, why not? You know why not do that? And you know who knows? Like with the way that movies go these days, you could end up having him like run into John Wick, and they, like he's in like John Wick sure. Five or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah the John the John Wick movies are, and I I really have only seen the, the first one. They seem oh to they're all of, great. They seem to kind of have their own um kind of theme and tone to them that's kind of like almost like comic book. But not, not like Avengery comic book,
0: um, graphic novel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I, I appreciate, and I think it's. It, I think they're. You know, i I have no objection to it. I just haven't uh, gotten around to watching the other ones. So,
0: well, Dan, yeah. I think that this is a great way to get into a little game I've prepared for you. It's oh. not a very long game. Fun. And uh, just to remind our audience or let everyone know for first-time listeners, when we play a game, the uh, if, if Dan answers correctly, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> and then if Dan answers incorrectly, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> so, Dan, on this episode, we are going to play a game called Hitman, Shipman, or Splitman. In which I will name an actor and you will tell me if they have played a hitman, someone who gets covered in shit, or someone who does a split in a movie. Okay.
1: Okay, so so a, a hitman, an assassin for hire, yes, a shitman, someone who literally gets covered in shit. Someone in a, gets covered in, in a movie. Shit. Mm-hmm. In and a movie. then split man was
0: Someone who does a split.
1: Oh, someone who does does a split. Okay, physically does a split. Okay,
0: someone who does a split. All right, Dan. I wasn't sure if it's like someone who leaves. And uh, I, even though I'm not going to be keeping track of the points, you will get an extra one if you name the movie in which the person is either a hitman, shitman, or splitman. And also, I want to note, I am saying hitman, shitman, and splitman, but it could also be a hitwoman, shitwoman, or splitwoman. Okay. Hit person,
1: shit person, split person. And just for the record, my hands are up. I do not have my phone and I
0: am not. I always trust you to not be Googling. All right. George Clooney. Dan is thinking. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
1: All right. George. He's trying to think. He's
0: trying to picture him covered in shit. I was trying to picture Uh, him doing a split.
1: I'm gonna say hitman and the movie is the American.
0: Very well done. I wanted to start it off with a pretty simple one.
1: I I was gonna go shit man because for a moment I was thinking about like I was like, wait, in O Brother, where art thou? In O Brother, where Art Thou. (laughs) I know.
0: You can kind of picture it. But yeah. You
1: can. George Clooney's that great of an actor. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Dan is thinking. He's looking like someone who's thinking. Can he yeah, picture right. Jennifer Lopez murdering somebody for hire?
1: I all right. So I'm I'm trying to run through all of of JLo's movies in my mind. Um something I do frequently anyway, but I am going to say um I'm I'm trying to remember if she's done a split in anything, uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say hit woman, and I'm gonna
0: say was she a hit woman in Jilly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jilly, oh. she worked for, I believe, hired assassins.
1: But oh. I don't. But she was
0: not one herself. She was there to watch over Ben Affleck's character to make sure he got the job done.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Jennifer
0: yeah, Lopez it. will play an assassin in a movie called "The Mother" for Netflix coming out next year, but she was a split woman in Hustlers. Okay, all right. Yes. Uh, okay, Dan.
1: All right, one one.
0: Dev Patel. You've seen him on television.
1: Shit, man! You've seen Slumdog Millionaire.
0: Notorious. Notorious.
1: I got it back. I got it back, baby.
0: Okay. Adam Sandler. Famous funny man, Adam Sandler. Former Saturday Night Live cast member turned cultural icon. Star of movies such as Funny People, Big Daddy, Little Nicky. Billy Madison and others. Dan is thinking.
1: I'm gonna go with it's funny because for each one of these, I have to have a moment where I'm picturing them doing a split. Um I am gonna I'm for Adam Sandler. I can't think of anything where he's been a hitman, so I'm gonna go shit man. And if I have to. Guess. I don't know, grown ups too.
0: You it is not grown ups too, but he is a shipman in eight crazy nights. One of the characters that he voices gets some doo doo. Oh okay. uh, however I am not certain if he does a split in You Don't Mess with the Zohan. He's, he does on the on the poster art, but I don't know if he does it in the movie itself.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yes. So.
0: And also I was thinking, is he an assassin in that? But no, he is a government agent. Yeah, so I was Israeli, like, yeah. That, yeah. that Adam Sandler could be a, a number of things.
1: Who knows? He's been in so many movies. Ever since he started doing the Netflix ones, I'm, I didn't see Well, TV, well yeah. I and then
0: there's, there's one where, uh, you know, Kevin James is a hitman. There's the movie The Do-Over where he... You know, maybe he's one. No, he's not. I so, know. I didn't. Yeah. See that. Well, that's that's why this game is a game, and it's yeah. not just Dan knows uh, the answers. It's a game of chance. Hmm. I think our next episode will also be a game of chance, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, <laughs> Bridget Fonda.
1: Oh, a uh, hit woman. Point of no return.
0: Nice. A
1: remake of La Femme Nikita. That's
0: right. That's right. Uh, We should we should do those sometime. I I think Bridget Fonda is fantastic. All right. Bridget Fonda. Big fan. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. I'm going to go
1: split man. I'm going to go split man.
0: Oh, geez. I was like, someone's got to
1: be a split man at some point. Is he a shit man? He's a shit
0: man. Johnny English.
1: In Johnny English. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I knew Johnny English wasn't a hit man. Right.
0: But, you know, Rowan Atkinson has been in many movies, not just Mr. Bean stuff,
1: you know? Zazu in The Lion King.
0: Zazu in The Lion King. Among others. Okay. Here's one that'll uh, be a quick one for you to answer. Jean-Claude Van Damme.
1: Split man in everything. (laughs) He's in everything he I, I mean also Time Cop I don't know.
0: you're gonna notice I played both sound effects because yes he of course was a split man but he was also a hit man in Assassination oh. Games
1: oh okay that's yeah, right see, Dan
0: there can be more than one oh
1: right Assassination Games right yes I just <laughs> Everyone's learned that movie Sean I'm Han now years movie. old learning about that okay Okay,
0: Dan. Ewan McGregor.
1: Ooh. Oh, shit, man. Trainspotting.
0: Very much so. Very much so.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, man. What a movie. I remember 25 years
0: since that came out. Holy shit. Okay, Dan. James McAvoy.
1: Oh. Um... I oh I'm gonna say uh, Hitman and Wanted.
0: Because Dan, he is also a split man in Split and Glass because he has split personalities.
1: Oh no, that's hey no when I don't you, get a wah, when wah, you wah. said
0: you when you said earlier that someone who physically does a split I did not say yes there's no no point in fighting me on this this is like like oh man okay
1: no i wouldn't i wouldn't i yeah no i uh i wouldn't i don't think i would have guessed that anyway because wanted came to mind
0: want yes and wanted would be definitely correct and uh, i'm looking to see i have one more johnny knoxville oh boy john knoxville (sighs)
1: John Q Knoxville I'm gonna go with I mean oh man it seems so obvious
0: that's it seems so
1: obvious I'm gonna go shit man he was a hit
0: man in the movie polar and uh, he was only a shit man on the jackass tv series Oh, not in a movie. And I specified that these all have to be in nope. movies earlier. Yeah, and, I have not uh, seen
1: a single jackass anything. So I just was uh, like, odds are this guy's been covered in shit at some yes, point. Yes, he
0: famously on the TV show was put into a porta potty that was uh catapulted. <laughs> oh, and yeah. yeah. And uh, they did a new version of it in Jackass 3D, except it was steve in there, not Johnny Knoxville. And uh, yeah, it's okay. something. It's something. Uh,
1: okay.
0: Yep. So there you go. I remember I saw Jackass 3D in the theater after like, I think I it was like fresh after a breakup or something. No, it wasn't a breakup. It was a breakup for a person that I went with. I remember it was definitely a cheer up mission for somebody involved oh, Okay, and it was uh yeah. Jackass 3d and it was uh man. It was wild. That was a really crazy one.
1: Yeah. I have not seen a single one of those. They were recommended. I remember whenever I hear about the Jackass movies, I think about, we took these classes before our daughter Chloe was born and we took all these we we did these different classes and i did this like daddy boot camp thing um this you know one day and it was like you know a bunch of like dads experienced dads who were helping out and this one guy who in my mind has the voice of william devane Um,
0: (laughs) was he trying to sell you gold
1: i (laughs) He's not trying to. No, he's trying to sell me on the jackass movies. He's he's like, when you have to get up and help with like, you know, with the baby with like, you know, with the two in the morning feedings or something, you just put on something mindless on the TV, like during the feed, he was like, oh, those jackass movies are great for that.
0: Oh, my God. What a weird memory you have. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <It's like laughs> I was thinking I was thinking about that because then I was like, oh, OK, so this isn't going to be so bad. So I'm just going to watch like shitty movies in the middle of the night f- for a while. OK. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> well, anyway, Dan, that was Hitman, Shipman or Splitman, a game that I'm sure we're going to play a lot. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, there's so many Hitman movies that it was like, man, you know, you could do you could do this and just like be going all night. But, uh, and I was trying to remember when in raising Arizona, John Goodman, when he comes out is he has gone through a sewer, right yeah, so he could have he was probably a shipman uh Shawshank Redemption also would have been a a shipman situation, but.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I, you know, for some reason right now, I've got like a block against thinking about movies where people get covered in shit. And (laughs) well,
0: yeah, anyway,
1: I I don't know. I appreciate that game, though. That was
0: a lot of fun. You know, sometimes you just got to do something. When you're yeah. doing a movie like Bangkok Dangerous, it's just like, well, what else you, can we do? You got to have some fun
1: because you're not getting it from that. Yeah. Movie. So uh, I don't know, Dan, uh, last
0: thoughts about Bangkok Dangerous?
1: No. No. I yeah. I honestly don't want to think about it again. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that terrible, but it's just like, I don't need, that movie does not need to take up a, a single bite of space on my mental hard drive.
0: Yeah. So, all right. I have recently been thinking that I'd like to spend less time on Twitter because, let's face it, Twitter has proven itself time and time again to be, uh, you know, a giant box of crap, and uh, it only you can only just cause trouble or there's no nothing good to do on there that you can't do someplace else. So I I'm deciding to like try to work my way out of Twitter and just focus more on uh I think a social app that caters more to my liking Letterboxd. Yeah. I think I want to just focus more on doing stuff in Letterboxd. So, you know, I uh I believe I gave it 2 stars uh and I gave it the a review uh, uh, along these lines where it's like it's really hard to make a movie and uh, to get a movie made to get people on board to get money for it uh hiring people and uh, people make you know get get some good paychecks working on these movies and i'm happy for them so i'm happy that this movie happened so that people could make some money and i'm sure i i'm Did it film in Thailand? Probably. So it's like, I don't know, maybe it helped out the economy there a little bit. Like, I don't want to be the person that just says, this is a bad movie. I'm trying to think of the good things about it.
1: You are making me feel absolutely terrible because I too left a review for Bangkok Dangerous on Letterboxd. (laughs) Oh no, what is it? It's just the poop icon the poop emoji <laughs> the poop emoji so it, it is like it is the opposite of your review uh I gave it one star and the
0: poop emoji Wow uh you know all I have to say is that uh, I'm just trying to see everything for the good things about it and uh Bangkok dangerous was it tested me it did. But it's true. It's really hard to make a movie. It's really hard to get a feature film made. They, they did, did it. They did I'm it. I'm very happy for them. No, you know, a- absolutely. Yeah. Hey, people got paid. Yeah, Nicolas Cage paid down some debts. They made uh, a
1: movie, and that's and that's great. But and and I I want to I'll add is I I it's funny I for similar reasons have been on letterbox. I don't feel like oh, I, I've, nice. I've, I've not fallen into the Twitter trap as much recently where I see something that angers me and spend 20 minutes uh, drafting a, a tweet and then just decide not to send it. Cause I don't want to deal with, with all the other crap, but just right. to kind of like, just to do just to be, I don't know more contribute more. Yeah. I've been doing a lot more of letterboxd and making lists and things yeah. like that. And it's, it's a lot of fun writing writing reviews. I did I wrote a four and a half star review, by the way, for a movie I watched last night for the first time in a long time. John Carpenter's The Thing.
0: Oh, The Thing is fantastic. Oh I was uh I was thinking about the thing while I was working on Hitman, Shipman, or Split Man, not because there's shit in it, but uh you know, like Wilfrid Brimley just like, does that split. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, animals do split apart.
1: What's Blair doing? <laughs> I don't know. He's doing split.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but I was thinking He's about only 30 like, years old. <laughs> the, uh, the visual effects and, you know, just how grotesque some of them were and just that's what my. Amazing. My review,
1: my review really calls that out and was oh practical effects. I was like that I was like just there's so much like terror because everything is so tangible in this movie. All right.
0: Yeah, well we'll so, have to talk about the thing some other time. Ha,
1: another time, yes. So on the next episode of Rune uh-huh. Childhoods, we are gonna be talking about 1979's being there. Directed Yay. by Mister Hal Ashby, who we've previously talked about with Harold and Maud, starring Peter Sellers,
0: right. Shirley
1: MacLaine, Jack Ward, and Melvin our, Douglas. Our
0: second Peter Sellers, our second Hal Ashby, and our second Shirley MacLaine.
1: Yes, uh, we talked uh, Shirley McLean in the apartment, and I yeah. don't, I don't know if we've done anything else. But being there, um, you know. Uh, Considered by many to be a a classic, and uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm excited. It'll give me a
0: good excuse to bust out my Criterion Collection Blu-ray of it that I got (laughs) during one of the Barnes & Noble sales. Nice. Uh, Nice flash Yeah. So I am, uh, what, that I saved money by purchasing it uh, on a sale using a gift card that was intended for my daughter? (sighs)
1: yes no i'm very critical of that as though i've never done the same thing to get bamboozled on blu-ray from the criterion collection
0: dan as you speed away on a little uh, motorboat to try to get away from an assassin i wish you a good journey
1: good journey